So, do you still, with friends, are you still doing that, um, going to the parks or the beaches or what have you to yeah, we, collect? We, we, um, yeah, we'll, we'll table a couple of ideas for the year. We'll pick a particular bar, a park, beach, a project. Um, I have a couple of ideas right now that we're working with, and, um, and I don't want to say it right now, but we do have some things in the works that we'll, um, that we'll definitely be embarking on um, this year and next year, and we're really looking forward to it. It's going to be super cool. What kind of material or materials would you say you, uh, during that campaign cleanup, you, you stumble up on mostly, like what folks are discarding of, you know? The biggest thing is the, is the water bottles and soda cans, and um, those are the biggest items, you know, mm. uh, the cups, um, the straws, it's all of those items, and you know, that, and that's the hard part too because it, it doesn't have to be thrown and discarded, yes. you know. And yes. there, at, at a lot of the parks and places, uh, 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 parks and beach uh, beaches in these areas, they always have receptacle containers, and they make it very easy for people to throw items, and you know, in a way that could be collected. And that's what's disheartening for me as a person that likes to be outdoors. You know, if you're canoeing. And then you see water bottles or cups and stuff in the environment. And it's just a shame because it's such a fragile ecosystem. Obviously, it could be, you know, uh, badly disrupted. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing now with all of the things that are happening. And, um, you know, the one, you know, I, I, I used to go to, the, uh, there's a park, Arthur uh, Marshall park which is part of the Loxahatchee Wildlife Preserve in South Florida and I used to go there quite a bit they have a five mile canoe route out there and I would canoe out there in the morning I would even drag a couple of my brave friends out there because it was alligators all over the place but um, I would go out to this park and prior to the pandemic not much wildlife mm. but one of the most amazing things I saw was after as we were probably in the midst of the pandemic, I never saw so much wildlife out and about, you know? Right. And that little pause that we had there for a little bit, um, it was definitely notable that, you know, wildlife and things kind of got a little breathing, you know, space for, uh, for a chance. But, um, you know, being, this was the, the, during the COVID period. Yeah, during the COVID That's period. That's interesting to learn. But then it was it was a catch twenty two because also during that period a lot of places were locked down and then people then started going to the beaches and parks because they were the only areas that they could gather or get you know go to at the time or were frequent them more than before. Right. And then that's when I saw a huge rise in discarded materials and items and people just leaving trash and and whatnot mm. about and um, I think a lot of public parks and beaches were really overwhelmed you know and then obviously with the storms and the hurricanes and stuff didn't add you know it didn't help things either but the biggest thing is just people littering yes and you know I'll probably age myself here. When I was a kid, I'll never forget the commercials with the Native American Indian and looking out and seeing all this smog and that was really touching us as a kid not to litter, the big litter campaign. Right. You know? 
and um, as a young person seeing that, you know, and then you see it today and how people just literally throw garbage right out of their window, right onto the highway, and yeah. you, you, you drive these streets and you see all of this, it's just garbage, and there's just no need, no need whatsoever to throw anything out a window or, or be at a beach or a park and just leave garbage behind. I, I just find it so bad, you know? And I don't think folks really understand the gravity of the impact that it is having on yeah. the environment. So I love doing these projects because my goal in doing this was to help educate people, especially the younger generation. The younger generation really loves the art and they seem to get a kick out of it. And I love, like, I did an event at Harbor Branch and, um, and Jupiter. Uh, at FAU and they had a bunch of kids there and it was really good to see the younger people really get it and yes. really understand the importance of it and um, I think the younger generation gets it more than the older generation does mm -hmm. and it's really heartening to see but there's still far more that we could be doing um, to keep plastics and and, other, and these other materials out of the environment and um, you know, you were talking there, and I'm, I'm, kind of this, this, this came into my head, which is kind of interesting that these spaces that you frequented, mm -hmm. how interesting it would be to see like there is a, a disposable, uh, kind of a bin or what have you that says. Tony's recital. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's almost like because you, you know, because like you know, it's almost like because you are on this educational journey. Yeah. You know, it's and, and you're trying to get people to understand that, that littering is is really a major culprit towards because as you mentioned, the the, the uh, wildlife being out and about, and to some extent it, it could be because of the level of littering that has stopped during the COVID period. So these wildlife, you know, were able to at least not stumble over a can or bottle or, you know, be nibbling on it or what have you. Um, it just came to my mind that it's interesting as you're speaking because the work you are doing is, it's, a, it's really incredible work. To take all of these items and, and design and create all of this wonderful stuff, you know. Um, and I'm certain that you've also started developing um, a community with people at these stores you go to to buy these paintings or these paint so that you could, because I know you mentioned about the economy side of it, being yeah. able to spend this large amount of money to create art and trying to find paint that you could use that these stores may not have any interest in. Tell us about how you were able to de develop any kind of interactions with folks and which store do you have a little more ease with interacting with to find paint? You well, know? you know, the, the, obviously the two big ones, you know, Lowe's and Home Depot. Right. Um, obviously I'm a, I'm a homeowner, so... Um, Spend a lot of time at Lowe's and Home Depot. 
and uh, might as well just take your paycheck, go down there on Saturday and Sunday, and give it to them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you go. But uh, yeah, so you know, going there a lot and seeing them. Yeah, they they. It was so funny because uh, one time when I went in there and I did, I bought everything that was on this shelf because it was like, like I said, it was like fifty cents, and I literally just dumped everything into the the shopping cart. So the guy behind the paint thing says. What are you using any of that for? <laughs> so I told him, I said, um, I'm using it to make artwork out of. And he goes, oh, he goes, well, there's some pretty interesting colors there. I said, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, 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 I frequent there uh, most of the time. I came really friendly with them. And especially if I was doing a big project or something, um, I would always go in there and talk to the manager and uh, the managers were sometimes i'll never forget we when um as i mentioned we were doing the big pig i told them what we were doing um the the pig project which was this big pig that we sculpted at it's huge and um the store owner really you know took an interest in the project and he was like look we got some discarded material we're going to end up throwing this out anyways we'll just give it to you oh and nice. i was like all right yeah that's that's awesome you know and then um they, we, unfortunately, we never got around to doing it, but uh, some of the stores, have, they host um, little things where they teach the kids to build, you know, certain um, items and things. So we were trying to get to do something where we can make something like out of discarded bottles, like a birdhouse or something like that. But unfortunately, it never took off. But um, yes, I, I partnered with them on, on several occasions, got very friendly with the manager or the, the person in the paint, um, the paint shop. And um, it is, you know, all of us, I think, can attest to this. You know, we, we frequent the same home improvement store yes. every Saturday yes. and Sunday. Of course. They get to know you. Yes. And, um, but I just have fun working. Like I said, it, it's just neat. And it's also like, um, it's a surprise. You know, if you go to one of those little counters where they do have this discarded material there, again, you have no idea what's going to be there. Yes. You know, yes. it could be purple, blue, it could be some wild cocking, some crazy spray paint that somebody, you know, left behind. So, honestly, that therein lies again. Another, the, yeah, <laughs> another yeah, challenge and mm -hmm. another thing. You're like, okay, I could do something with these crazy colors, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah. You talked about the uh, pig. Um what sparked that idea to do this? Um... So yeah, we wanted to do a campaign to bring awareness to saving. So we we got away from you know the environment part. The other side was um, to make uh, saving and saving money for emergency purposes. And um, so my wife came up with the idea of making. And she literally went like this, making a little piggy bank. Right. So um, I say, okay, no problem. But uh, my brain yeah. kind of did not see the smaller yeah. scale version of that. Right. And um, so um, I had a bunch of, um, it, what it was, was it was a bunch of discarded paper wrappings, um, chicken wire, and plastic bag-like material. And so I used the chicken wire, started sculpting it up and just wrapping it like a giant paper mache. Mm. And then I coated it with a bonding material because we came across a case of discarded Bondo. And then a mm. small little pig became a six foot, five <laughs> foot giant pig the size of a Volkswagen. 
And um, so then the pig project took on from there. And um, yeah, as you can see from a lot of the artwork, I have a hard time doing small. Small. So what did your wife say when she saw this child? <laughs> Yeah, she, you know, God bless her. I mean, I love her to death. She, um, she could put up with me. So, you know, she, you know, she definitely deserve a lot of credit for right. a lot of the things here. <laughs> so, you know, I don't think most women would have stuck around with, you know, would have gone in the garage and saw six foot pig. She would have been like, you know what? I think That's I'm out of here. You know? <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, I, yeah, married to a wonderful woman and very supportive. And, um, I wouldn't be in this chair today if it wasn't for her. And, um, we, we built a great business together, which we're very proud of. And um, she's always been very supportive of my extracurricular activities and the things that I do. And um, it's great, you know, it's, it's, it's wonderful when you have something like that. Do you have any kind of, um, you know, little back and forth, seeing that you are both in a business together where Oh, we're oil she might, be, she might be saying, oh. you know, um, Tony, oh. you might need to stop doing this and come back to work. Well, <laughs> first rule, okay, first rule is the word yes. Right. Second rule, you are right. <laughs> okay. So as long as you got those two things down, Pat, Resim, yes. Yeah, um, what makes us great is she is literally the exact opposite of me. And... Um, She's very analytical. She looks at things from a different angle. I look at it too. She really does help me out, even with my artwork. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I I sometimes am bad at the filter process, so she's very good at like toning it down or making me look at something in a different way. Okay. Um, and even with business, you know, like that's what has made us work so well together. We just complement each other, good. and we understand our. You know, we we're, none of us are perfect. We each have our faults, and of course, in her defense, I have a lot of them, and um, so we work really well together in that regard. So, it's a collab. We we've always that's what I think we've enjoyed the most about each other. It's it's just always been a collaborative effort. Mm -hmm. And um, again, I you know I can't speak enough about her. She's just a wonderful woman, and um, I would be here today if it wasn't for. her. So you are moving back and forth. Have you done any educational workshops at schools about the uh, yes. beautiful? Yeah, we um, at Gumbo Limbo in, in Boca Raton, um, we did a little educational workshop where we it was interactive, where I started a couple of the 3D artwork, okay. and then we had the kids come in and we had all of the items laid out, and the kids actually glued the items on oh, the um, on the painting and we nice. actually gave the um, the paintings to Luna the mascot and the Gumbo Limbo organization for sponsoring that event that day that's beautiful um, FAU Harbor Branch Boca Raton um, they did a conservation piece up there and I brought the um, flamingo talked to a group of students you know about obviously plastics in the environment it's great so like I said we love the educational part we love interacting I'm a big kid myself, so to hang out with the kids is always a blast, and especially to help them, uh, or you know, to teach them something about the environment and you know the materials. It's it's always a great thing, so we enjoy that quite a bit. So you are based right now in is it Gainesville? 
Yes, I, I have a residence in Gainesville. I also Boca Raton. I have a right. business in Boca. I travel back and forth. Um, I, uh, my niece is uh, attending um, UF. Okay. And okay. during the pandemic and everything, uh, it was kind of a spooky time, I think, for all of us. We can all attest to that. So mm -hmm. we weren't too sure what was going to happen. So I, I purchased a place up there just in case things went crazy. We ended up falling in love with the northern Florida area, beautiful area. Um, stark contrast from South Florida. And just love all the, the simple, quiet, open spaces and the beauty, yes. you know. Um, I lived in South Florida my entire life. Right. And, you know, anyone could attest that when you live in an area, you know, and so many years go by, you you know, just things spring up around you. Yes. You know, yes. the population has grown exponentially in South Florida. And um, so to come up this way is very refreshing. Yeah. Um, the people are tremendously nice and friendly. It's so much different than in South Florida. And um, it, I really like um, just kind of like the old school vibe and mm -hmm, mm -hmm, the down to earth. Yeah. Every again, it's, I can't quite put my finger on it, but it's just it just feels so nice. And um, I really love the area, so that's why we we ended up um, keeping the house house up there. So we go back and forth, and um, and just love love the area. So most of your uh, artwork and stuff where you operate from is in Gainesville. Yes, sir. Okay, beautiful. Well, um, I know at some point you will be. You mentioned to me actually before your first showing that you were going to show your artwork, but because of COVID, that couldn't happen. Yeah, well, a lot of artists, you know, could say the same thing. COVID really, you know, negatively impacted the art community. Yes. A lot of yes. artists couldn't show their work, you know, museums, everybody was shutting down. And um, it was just a tough time, I think, for everybody. So where, where were you going to show or what happened? How did that arrangement unfold? Well, I did a piece. I did a piece for um, World Oceans Day, mm -hmm. and um, there was a museum in Miami that wanted to feature the work. And then I was pretty excited about that. It was going to be really awesome. And then, boom, COVID happened, right. and everything got scrapped. Oh boy! And um, so any artist can attest to that. You know, you get excited. You know, at, you know to show your stuff and. Yes. Um, you know, Miami is a great place um, for the art community. Uh, I love the vibe in Miami when it comes to art. We have Wynwood. I would go to Art Basel every year, and it's a great experience. And to see so many different artists and from all over the world, it's just an incredible experience. And um, but yes, the COVID really, and I felt bad because. I'm friendly with a lot of artists and um, a lot of them, you know, they depend on selling their artwork mm -hmm. and um, it was hard for them. You know, yeah. they, they couldn't sell their artwork. They couldn't go out there. They couldn't do anything. So artists really took a hit during the pandemic, you know, and I, I felt bad and it was just tough for everybody during that time. So you are in Gainesville. Yes, sir. And your art is displayed in Ocala. Yes, sir. So tell us about that transaction. How did that happen? 
in terms of who did you meet or well I so again we we love the art and places um, art and public places program right in fact in Boca Raton I was actually on the board of art and public places for the city of Boca okay I know what goes into those programs and again I love it was great to support local artists right and um, so when in Alachua, they, uh, I, I forgot how it came about, we saw something either on TV or I think it was on TV that they were doing an art in public places. And so I contacted um, them from Alachua and they wanted the flamingo in a painting that I did. And that was featured in the commission's chamber in, in Alachua. And that was really awesome. Mm. And then um, my wife, I believe, saw the same thing for, um, from Ocala, okay, and then I reached out to Miss Emily and um, come back and forth, paperwork and stuff, and then um, they agreed, and we and then we wanted to feature art. I like featuring the art in public places, mm -hmm. in programs, and in, in, in settings like this. It's again, it, it just puts art in a place that some people would. Most people don't go and visit art museums, right? you know or even get exposed to it yeah so when you do something in a city setting or in municipalities like this it's really great because people that normally don't get to see this type of stuff yes get to yes. see it so do you, you know they have access yeah they have yeah. access to it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so to me that's you know that's the fun part of it you know yeah the museums are great and everything and but you know not everybody goes to a museum yes and it gives it a chance it just gives a chance for anybody and anyone to come and see the art and uh and it just has a in my opinion just more of a meaningful impact mm. my opinion but um so that's how that came about so how many pieces have you displayed at the ocado so it was 20 pieces 20 pieces okay and um yeah it was 20 pieces of art and we Got a couple over in the senior center, which is just adjacent to um, the uh, Parks and Recreation Administration building. Right. And um, and Miss Emily did a wonderful job in the layout. I mean, it, she put together this schematic, and um, it was just really cool because, I mean, it's one thing to do the art and everything, and you see them, but yes. to yes. arrange them in a manner which you know looks wonderful. Like I said, the the layout and everything she did yeah it was just absolutely amazing and um, it was great working with her and um, her assistant Willow and we had a lot of fun for the afternoon and um, it was just really good stuff everywhere came around Ocala, Alachua I can't say enough about the people everyone has been super super nice most friendly people I've met in a very long time and it has made the entire process very enjoyable and very rewarding. Well, like I said to you all up front, this is the time where, you know, the one and only Miss Display, Emily Parkman, is going to tell us about the interaction she had with Albert. Yes. Tony. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And we would learn some more about Emily and, you know, her side of what she contributes here in Ocala. And um, so 
Stay tuned for the next episode to meet Emily. Thank you very much, sir. Pleasure. Pleasure on my